Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Sunday afternoon. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be a little weird, Robbie, if uh, Brupolo was in Pace. Mm-hmm. That would be a little weird. Nobody would expect that. Nobody. Wherever you are in our great state, you can have Strange Brew Coffee every morning. Just order it to be shipped right to your door, and then they will do that. StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. And they're always, you know, everything that they sell there in the store as far as their coffee blends, they've got it right there, including the super awesome maple bacon pancake. College Corner and CollegeCornerStore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. They ran a great sale this weekend. Hope you guys took advantage of that. They've always got great deals going. And, of course, you should check it out online at collegecornerstore.com. Two locations in the Jackson area to serve you. Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, Flow by the Half Shell, College Corner. Restaurant Tyler, Startwell's flagship restaurant. Drove by past Restaurant Tyler this afternoon. Of course, the line was out there for people waiting to get in for brunch because it is the best brunch in town. And it's the best lunch in town. And it's the best dinner in town. And when you combine those three things, guys, guess what you've got? You've got the best restaurant in town. And that's what Restaurant Tyler is and has been since the day they've opened their doors. Restaurant Tyler, corner of Maine and Washington. That is Startville's flagship restaurant. Priority One Bank, 16 locations throughout central Mississippi to serve you. Each location making their own decisions when it comes to the loans that they give out. So if you need a loan for your home, for your car, for your small business, and you you want to talk to somebody, you're going to talk to the same people you see every time you walk in the doors of your local Priority One bank. We always talk about eating local. We talk about doing business local. Now we're going to talk about banking local. It makes a difference, and Priority One Bank will show you how. 16 locations throughout central Mississippi to serve you. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Robbie, we were a baseball way, uh, went a, a loss away from me doing the uh, Black Hawk Down music to start this show. <laughs> Two weeks in a row, we've been ready to come in here and just like set everything on fire. And State has found a way. Um, and, and the at last week, it was the last two games, but this week it was on Sunday to kind of settle the, the storm a little bit. They did it in the first weekend too. But you know, there's obviously some major issues with this team. They just continue to find ways to keep it somewhat manageable within the fan base. But there were some there were some big time problems with this team again this weekend. Yeah, for baseball, I mean, even on Sunday, huge issues, no question. But we're going to start with men's basketball. 
at the end of the day, Mississippi State, no one to blame but themselves, right? They, they, they had the, these games that they could have won. They could have won against Kentucky. They could have won uh, at Missouri. Uh, if you go back further, they should could have won at Georgia, could have beaten Florida, and you wouldn't be in these positions. But they, made, they put themselves in a must-win against Vanderbilt, and they just weren't able to get it done. Vanderbilt shoots an unconscious 12 of 25 from behind the line to take a 77-72 game against Mississippi State. Dogs fell behind by 10 in the first half, were able to cut into the lead, got as close as two, never led in this game. Vanderbilt led from from start to finish, uh, and 77 points. I mean, Mississippi State's team, that's that's almost 20 points per game more than they give up. Um, and so despite being plus 21 on the boards against Vanderbilt, State falls 20-11, and 8-10 in the conference, and now you reach a point, I think, we can all agree that State has to win on Thursday against Florida in the SEC tournament if they want to be an NCAA tournament team. I think that win would make them safe, but they have to have it, no questions asked. Yeah. Just to, you know, and this game is not the reason why they're in this position. I mean, I know we put a lot on this game. You know, if State wins, they're in the tournament, and probably would have been, but it's not this game that, has put state in this right. position. They have eleven losses. Any one of them, right, would have made a difference. And listen, they did not play well in that first half. It was not a good first half. But the second half was great. The team battled. I thought the game as a whole to go on the road in the SEC. It was a tough environment. They had a packed student crowd. Really good atmosphere. Uh, Tolu Smith had one of the best games of his career. Shaq Moore made some big plays down the stretch. They just came up short. And Vandy was shooting out of their mind, which we've seen happen. A hundred times now uh, at their place. But it was just, you know, one of those nights where it was just really difficult for State. And in some of the situations they put themselves in, some of it was just, you know, Vanderbilt was just red hot. But um, hold on. Bless you. Sorry about that. That's no, all right. Every now and then I'll, uh, I'll catch a sneeze in the middle of talking. Um, State now is in a position where they basically have to win on Thursday against Florida. Uh, cannot afford a loss. You're probably going to be on the right side of the bubble coming into the SEC tournament, I would guess, but it's going to be very close. You're going to be in the the last four-in group, likely, and um, and that's probably going to be in a lot of models, not just Joe Lenardi. There's going to be a lot of people saying that. And you that's not where you want to be coming into a tournament setting if you lose a game. Right. Because you still have so much going on in these other conference tournaments and guys on the bubble and then other people taking automatic bids. You do not want to be in that last four in section. Um, you know, the women right now are pretty safely in. They're in the first four buys maybe. Mm-hmm. Is it last four buys, first four buys? Okay. Um, I think they're in that spot, and that's on, you know, the championship Sunday. So they're probably in good shape. The men, they have to win on Thursday to get in. Um, and even then, not a guarantee. You're, you you might have to beat Alabama too. I don't know. Uh, but if you win on Thursday, you should be in good shape. But that's just kind of where they are right now. And it's, yeah. it's because of what happened early in the conference schedule – for them uh, that they're in this position, you start off one and seven. It's, it's tough. It's tough. If you had told me on uh, Friday that State was going to shoot forty six percent from the field, 
that Tolu would have 27 and 11. DJ Jeffries, if you told me that DJ Jeffries was going to have 17 and 11, I would have told you, and that State scored 72 points total, I would have told you State probably won this game by close to 20 points. Yeah. But, you know, you can't predict Vanderbilt to just be hot shooting, although maybe you can. I mean, it just seems like every time that maroon and white jersey crosses the, the, the line at Memorial Gymnasium, that the Vanderbilt Commodores just find some hot shooting. Looking at their three-point shooters, two of five, three of five, one of three, one of one, four of eight for Stute, and then one of two for Thomas. I mean, they just... It happens sometimes at that place. It happens. And and now, like I said, Mississippi State finds themselves in must-win mode. The good news is, I, I really do believe, I could be wrong, but just looking at models and looking at everything else, that if they win that game on, on Thursday, they're going to be fine. They'll, that'll be a quad-two win for Mississippi State. I think that's right. Let me. I haven't checked Florida's net. <clears throat> and State's net dropped again. God, State's net dropped going one and one on the week. Dropped, I think, what, a total of, of almost 11 points, something like that. I think they were 37 coming into last week. Did they get week. up that high? I think that's right. They dropped four spots, I think, after the Vandy game. Four or five. And then, yeah, they're, they're 46 now. They dropped from 42 to 46. Yeah, not. Uh, Florida. Florida is sitting at 58, so no chance for them to to improve that. That'll be a quad two win for State if they can get it. And, you know, you just sort of go from there. Um, like you said, you'll be watching tournaments, conference tournaments, to see if there's any bid stealers out there. Um, you know, you, you'll, you'll, be watching, uh, you'll be watching the scoreboard everywhere you go. But if you can just get that win and give yourself, that would be an eight quad one slash two win. He should, should be in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's going to be a tough pill to swallow if State doesn't make it. And it's going to take away, in my opinion, a lot from what Chris Jans did this year. Not for me, but for fans, I think they're going to be like, oh, well, didn't you make the tournament? And it, this team had no business even being in this discussion at this point. You know, if you go back to November, I think if we had told you, hey, they're going to win 20 games, you would have either said, I'll take it right now, or you would have said, I don't believe you. Yeah, there certainly would have been. No, nah, I think they should be better than that. I don't think anybody was saying that. Mm-mm. And this team has just found a way all year long. They had to find their way through on some uh, offensively because you know during that losing streak they were not good. They, I mean, they lost eight of nine and they were just not shooting the ball well. They finally figured that out. The free throw shooting had been improved. It abandoned them a little bit last night, and that's part of the reason. State's losses have that common thread. Almost all of them. That they lost the game on the, on the well. I mean, just on the free throw line. Yep. You miss nine free throws in a game, you lose by five. Yep. So if you make five free throws, sixteen of twenty-one is not a crazy percentage, right? No. It's, it's 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 a good percentage. Eighty. They've shot that before. Yeah. They should they they pretty much had a game like that against Texas A and M, mm-hmm. but they shot shot it extremely well, especially down the stretch. Yeah. And Tolu, you know, again, sort of fell off at the free throw line. Nine of fifteen. At the free throw line, and then the the referees were bad, but you can't put yourself in that position. Yeah. If you if you put yourself in a position that a call drastically changes an outcome mm-hmm. or something like that late in the game, that's on you. Um, and that's what happened. You know, Sean Jones probably should have had a three point play in the final minute, fifteen seconds, whatever that was. I think it was a minute ten or whatever. Yeah, should have had a three point play that would have made it a three point game. A one-possession game mm-hmm. with a minute left. Mm-hmm. You're not fouling. You're just trying to get a stop right there. You're down three, I think it was, and Cam Matthews gets called for a foul that was not a foul. He knocked yeah. the ball off of the point guard's 
leg, yeah. went out of bounds. Should have been Mississippi State ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are two huge missed you calls. You said it best there. on Twitter. That's where they were anticipating the foul, yes. so they went ahead and called it. You know it's going to be a foul, so you just go ahead and blow you know the whistle on the first foul. reach. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But the reach was at the ball. He got all ball, went off the leg, went out of bounds. But they called the foul because they're expecting you to foul them. Yeah, and, but again, you make your free throws. You don't turn the ball over ten times or whatever it was in the first half. You don't shoot four of 17 or whatever they did at three-point range. You're in the game. Uh, you're, you you got a chance, and not to say they weren't in the game, they were in the final minute, but um, it's a much different ball game. State just, they didn't play well in the first half, and then Vandy was hot, and that's just, it's tough to win games on the road like that. Yeah. A, a lot of times on the road, um, especially in the SEC, when you're winning games, you get out to an early lead, you kind of hold the lead and hold on to it in the second half. It's kind of like what they did against Arkansas. Mm. There's not a whole lot of games that you see where, where teams are getting behind by 10 points come back and winning on the road. Yeah. That's tough to do. When you do that, that's when you know you got something. You yeah. Know, so. yeah. And like I said, they, they made it that's, close. You know, that's special teams like the O four 4 state they, team. They cut, they cut it to two, and you thought, okay, maybe they're going to get back in it here. You know, in the Sean Jones alley-oop, you're, I, think that's, I think that actually cut it. Yeah, they cut it to two. And you think, okay, coming out of this timeout, you're going to be okay. And then immediately Vanderbilt gets back-to-back buckets, and they push the lead back out to seven. So tough loss for the Bulldogs. They have to completely shake it off and be ready to play the Florida Gators. Uh, 11 a.m. tip on Thursday. This is the 8-9 game. Mississippi State is the nine seed in the uh, SEC tournament. If they win, they will play the number one overall seed, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Who have not been great in the last two weeks. I will they say this. If great. State can get past Florida, they have a, a good chance to beat Alabama, in which case it, the, the resume is done. You're, you're in at that point. You know, Alabama, you know, you, you play tough with them here in Starkville when you weren't shooting well. Offensively, you were much better in the game in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. I think you could give Alabama a game if you get to them, but you've got to beat Florida. A team that beat you earlier this year in a game where you fell behind early, and it's sort of the same thing. You fell behind early, you scrapped together a comeback, but you you couldn't get it done. The difference in this game versus last game for Mississippi State is going to be two, twofold. Uh, if you remember the Florida game, that's the one where Tolu Smith was benched, basically, for the yep. last five minutes. Did not play well in that game. He's obviously playing at a very high level now. And Florida will be out without their leading scorer, Colin Castleton. He is injured. Now, that didn't hurt Alabama. I'm sorry, Vanderbilt on Saturday night being out without Liam Robbins. Yep. And I wonder how different that game is if Liam Robbins plays because I don't know that Vanderbilt is so three-point happy yeah. that their big man is on the court. It might, it, it's hard to believe I'm saying that Mississippi State might have been better off if Vanderbilt's best player had played. But, but it totally changes how Vanderbilt played. Probably not, but... Just the way the game is played. Again, if State has 65, that's great. It's Vanderbilt getting 77. That's the issue. Yeah. You, you have to stick inside in, inside 70 points if you want to win. Um, talking about Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Every game that they've won has been inside 70 points. Mm-hmm. Um, was A&M inside 70? Yeah. Okay. Um, South Carolina, too? South Carolina got over seventy. Okay, that that might have been the first. Or, one. Or, I'm sorry, State did. Right, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Um. So I mean, more often than not, State's goal is to hold a team in the sixties or below. Mm-hmm. That's that's their sweet spot. I mean, this team just it's very difficult for this team to score seventy plus. Mm-hmm. Um. The the really exciting thing about this about this team is I think a good portion of these guys are going to be back next year. Mm-hmm. Um, at least the ones that you really want to be back. 
on top of the fact that you're bringing in some offensive playmakers that can create their own shots, they can hit three-point shots, and um, you probably will add some guys from the transfer portal as well. It's exciting to think about, especially if you're able to get Tolu Smith back, yeah. what this team can be in year two under Chris Jans. Right. Because if he's been able to do this in year one with this roster that's thrown together with a bunch of role players, let's be honest, mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of alpha dogs on this roster. Um, I mean, we're talking about Shaq Moore is kind of your you know your catalyst there with Tolu Smith to get you offensive buckets. Mm-hmm. And uh, those aren't, you know, Tolu is, but Shaq's not the guy that you think of as one of those, you know, alpha dog offensive, you know, buckets. He's really kind of evolved his game a little bit, and he's become a little more consistent, although still not shooting great. But um, you start adding some some genuine, um, you know, legit scoring options, like I think Trey Ford is. And even Jaquan Scott coming from junior college. I mean, I, th- I think this team can can look really, really good uh, next year. But you would like to get that NCAA tournament ticket punched this year and see this team first and foremost. Like, th- I want to see these guys get that. You know, they worked their butt off. Mm-hmm. They were one in seven in the league. It, it's it, I don't think. I don't think we all realize. Just, I mean, we're, we've gotten caught up in you know the hunt for the NCAA tournament. We've kind of missed the big picture of this team going from one and seven to eight and ten. Yeah, you finished the year seven and three yeah. in SEC play. Yeah, and you won eight of the last eleven. Yeah, um, and your losses came to three teams that are playing really good basketball. Two of them on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, the job that's been done so far is great. I want to see this team get that ticket punched. And I think a win against Florida should get it. You're still probably not going to feel super safe, but it would be a really, really big step in that direction. Yeah. Big game for Mississippi State uh, this Thursday. We'll have more preview of that as they get closer to the SEC tournament. Let's move on in to baseball. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it is what's for dinner. Hopefully you were able to fire up the grill this weekend. We had great weather here in Starkville. And if you did, I hope you put some steaks out there on it. Your family probably hopes the same. So, when you enjoy a great cookout, you're firing up the grill, charcoal or gas, whatever you're doing, beef is the one you want to put on the plate. Head over to your local grocery stores, your local meat markets, your butcher shops, and tell them, hey, I want to get some beef for this weekend. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Robbie and I went to lunch with some friends today, and... uh we didn't go to Two Brothers, and I gotta be told. I'm gonna be totally honest with you right now. I'm a little disappointed. I wanted to go to Two Brothers. The like, heart wants what it wants. It, it, they, 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 and walking past it and smelling the food coming out of there, I was like, "Did we make a mistake?" It was tough. It was tough. It's tough. Um, I will. I will rectify that that this weekend. I feel like I was cheating. I feel like this week we need to go to Two Brothers. So let's let's go ahead and make a plan. We can do it. Yeah. Let's 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 involve the rest of the clique, and uh, we'll we'll make it happen. We'll go to we'll go to Two Brothers this week because we love Two Brothers. Uh, that is the one restaurant in, in Starville I cannot do without. And you know, everybody else, I can be like, you know, haven't been there in a while, but it's okay. But like, I go a couple weeks without going to Two Brothers, and I'm like, I'm a little, I'm a little itchy, a little shaky, a little shaky. Yeah, I got you know. My dad asked me yesterday, when was the last time you and Brian went to Two Brothers? It's been a while. It's been like three so weeks. I, I can't even remember. We got to go. We'll go this week. Check them out. 
In the heart of the cotton district, the home of smoked Southern Soul Food, two brothers smoked meats. Great products and great service is what every business promises you, but Advantage Business Systems will deliver it and has been for 48 years. That's the difference between being a neighbor and being a number. When you need technology for your business, you call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need uh, service, you have to call them right back. You're not talking to an out-of-state consultant who can schedule an appointment with you, and we'll see you in a few weeks. We're not talking to some overseas call center who doesn't know anything about your business. We're talking to the same people who made you these sales. That's a great relationship that you want to have. The number is 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Over at the Rogue, that's the place to, to, to be shopping for Mississippi State polos and pullovers. The collegiate collection at the Rogue is like no other. Top name brands, top uh, quality products, the logos that you want, and of course the service that comes when we're talking about one of the South's top men's clothing stores. And don't forget, when you support the Rogue, you support Bulldog Initiative athletes. Bulldog NIL runs through the Rogue. Shop at the Rogue in Jackson. Shop online at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. First week of bagels being back in Starkville, and I, I didn't get a chance to get over to Dolce this week, but I'm going to make that a priority uh, next week to try one of their new delicious New York bagels. These are not New York-style bagels. I want to make that very clear. These are New York bagels. They come from a company in New York. So go grab you a great breakfast sandwich, cup of coffee, and then later in the afternoon, if you want a little, little sweet treat, a little, a little sugar rush to get through the day, Head back over there for some of their delicious gelato. There's a lot going on right there at 509 University Drive. You want to be a part of it. Head to Dolce today. I was ready. I was ready for for baseball. I was ready for them to lose on Sunday, and we could just lay it all out there. But instead, (laughs) we're still playing this kind of weird waiting game with this team. So they go 2-2 and on the week. Obviously, they got the win uh, Tuesday night in, 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 at USM or with USM. These games are just weird, right? It seems like in every game, something weird is happening. On Friday night against Ohio State, what was weird was that Mississippi State couldn't take advantage. Of, they were they, It was the opposite of what State had been doing in the past. State's usually a team putting a bunch of people on base and, 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 and not you know and giving up runs. Instead, State has 12 walks. Arnfrey State has walked 12 times, and they get four more batters on, hit by pitch, and yet they only had three hits and three runs. No timely hitting on Friday against Ohio State, and they lose 8-3 to in that game. Mm. Okay. That says it all. That, that game didn't make sense. Agreed. I mean, it really didn't. I mean, if you just they look had, at the walks and the, the – the, the, how many – I mean, State stranded what? Um, 16. 16, I mean – they had they they had what twelve walks and two hit batters four four hit batters four hit batters that's sixteen free bases mm-hmm. and you scored three runs mm-hmm. you that's almost impossible mm-hmm. that you you luck into a hit you luck into a guy with the bases loaded mm-hmm. you know walking or something like that they never got just a you know a huge hit in that game they didn't mm-hmm. get what they got against. Southern Miss, like that basis clearing double or triple, whatever it was, from Colton Ledbetter. They never got that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was like, you know, they were patient at the plate. They were getting guys on base, but 
when they got there, they just couldn't find a way. And we've seen that with state teams before. And so far this year, that hasn't really been a huge issue, I don't think. The offense has been pretty steady. Mm-hmm. They, they've, they've had their good moments. But on this night, it was kind of the difference in the game. Even giving up eight runs, it was, a, it was an issue for them. You know, Ohio State really couldn't find the zone consistently. Their starter wasn't great. Uh, State struggled to hit him. I think they had one hit maybe against him. that's correct. Uh, But he wasn't great. He had only walked one batter coming into the game. He walked several in this one, hit a couple of guys. He just wasn't very good. And I thought um, Drangelo had a solid start. It wasn't bad. Pitching was really, even though they gave up eight runs, pitching not really the issue for Mississippi State. You know, you it had, was that, you know, the, the, the big inning off of Evan Seary, who I still think is fine, and he's, he's mm-hmm. going to be fine. He just yeah. had a bad game. Um, I'm not that worried about him I mean, like some of the others. 22 pitches, or 38 pitches, 22 strikes. Yeah, he's throwing strikes. Yeah. He, that one inning, he kind of collapsed a little bit as far as walking guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and they oh, yeah, gave but my up, guess was coming into that hit. inning, he was probably closer to like, you know, 15 pitches, 12 strikes. Yeah. Um, more than, more often than not, he's going to pound the zone. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not worried about him. But that was kind of the difference in the game was that inning. Um, they had the big inning when, you know, you're, you're almost out of it. You had two outs, and then you walk in a batter, and then you give up, I think, a, a double or triple, whatever it was. It just uh, from there it just kind of spiraled, and then the offense just could never get. They had they had back to back innings there in the eighth and the ninth where they had a chance to really make something happen. Mm-hmm. It was like eight to two. They had the bases loaded in both innings. You know, Hunter Hines into, hit into a double play. You had you know a strikeout or something here or there. I mean, it just it was just that was a game that you needed to get because mm-hmm. Ohio State's bad. Not They're team. not good. So State, we mentioned at least 16 on base. One through seven in the lineup was one for 22 in this game. Yeah. And then Chance had a hit at the eighth spot, and Forsyth had a hit. Lady Forsyth actually had a pretty good game. Um, had was, a solid weekend. Yeah, one for two in the game with three walks. So he got yeah. on base four times. Let's, let's just go through this here. He was pretty good all weekend. Yeah. Let's just go through this right here. So State, first inning has second and third with one out and strands them. Mm-hmm. Uh, third inning... Uh, State has second and first and second and strands them. Mm. Uh, fifth Good inning, one out. Yeah, fifth inning they left them loaded. They had it. Let's see here. One out. Walk. Walk. Was that was that walk. right before the beginning? Yes. So it's so State gets the base. They walk the bases loaded. To make it, uh, they have bases loaded with one out, and then Dakota Jordan strikes out swinging, and then Slater, I'm sorry, uh, Hancock. Oh, there was nobody out. I'm sorry. Yep. Is that right? Yeah, Dakota had a big spot. He had two big spots and struck out both times, yeah. and they were Just, throwing nothing but breaking so balls. So they left him loaded there in the in the fifth. They left him loaded in the sixth. And and, and, and left him loaded again in the eighth. And, and in the ninth, they had some runners on, too. Uh, they, I'm sorry, they left him loaded in the ninth. Yes, so it's ridiculous. They scored a run, but... And, you know, um, that right after they leave the bases loaded, mm-hmm. it's, it's that's how it works out. Mm-hmm. They, they come back and they score, they score run. five four, runs. Four runs. Four yeah. runs. Yeah. So, I mean, that the baseball gods are, are putting Mississippi State over their knee right now mm-hmm. and just wearing them out. So that's Friday. It, everything, yeah. everything that State does wrong, they're paying for it. So that's Friday. 
Saturday is the opposite. You kind of got what you expect from Mississippi State. Graham Intima, not a good second start for him. Uh, two and a two-thirds innings, he gives up five hits and walks five. Yeah, can't do that. Ty Harden, who I literally have not seen anything good from this year. I, I, he is a guy he who... He was solid against USM. One and a third, seven hits, four runs with Yeah, he a walk. got destroyed. But he, he was good against USM, and he gave you a chance. I mean, it's just Tyler Davis was not much better either in five innings. I mean, Oklahoma just couldn't stop hitting the ball, yeah. basically. And they win 50. So State gets some offense on this day. You score nine runs, you, you should win. win. You yeah. should win, and they didn't. But they walked seven guys. Mm-hmm. They had another and error. Hit Batman. And hit, well, they had uh, yeah an error in this game. I was going to get to the defense in a minute. Finally, on Sunday, they're able to come back and get a win. Uh, and a game that they, they kind of controlled throughout, uh, where especially early in the game, they would score and then Cal would answer, but then they finally pulled away. One great start from Gortman. Right. 8-4 is your final score on Sunday. Not a great start from Gortman, but you see the uh, the dominance of Nate Dom, who pretty clearly, Robbie, is going to have to find his way into the rotation. I don't. I don't think you can talk about Nate Dom as like, well, you need him in the bullpen and save situations when you're not getting into save situations. It's kind of like the Landon Sims thing, right? Like but, that's where you are with him. But that team you had can, save situations. Landon Sims. Well, I'm talking about last year. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because you know, last year you're looking for a starter, and, and you kind of had to have him. You've got to get off to good starts. Mm-hmm. You, you've got to. You you can't just hope you make it through. State doesn't have the bullpen like it did in 2013 where you just need a guy to go through the first, you know, the lineup the first couple of times and then you can turn over the bullpen. Mm-hmm. They don't have that. Right. Um, they don't have a Ross Mitchell or a Jonathan Holder like back-to-back. So that's probably the route you take is you throw Nate in on the weekend. We've seen enough from him. He can go long distances. Um, what do you go, five? Mm-hmm. Today, five innings out of, the, out of the bullpen. Five innings, he threw 67 pitches, 43 strikes. One hit, one, one hit, walk, zero no, runs. Yeah, no, no runs, six strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, so really good. He has been uh, next one weekend, of the only guys that you can look at so far and say, when he comes in the game, I know yeah. that he's going to throw strikes and he's going to get guys out. He and might we, give up a run. We didn't talk about it, but Friday, Gerangelo's start went well. I didn't have he, any he issues with Gerangelo. Well. Honestly, I would have given him another inning. He'd thrown 72 pitches when they pulled him out. I'd be perfectly fine with Gerangelo. Dom on Saturday. And, and then Gartman, Gartman can stay on Sunday. Gartman, I mean, he didn't pitch well today, but it's not. he didn't walk the yard. He, again... He he's can, one of those, like, he's going to give up a lot I of think home runs. He had, he, had four, he had four walks today. He's but. going to give up a lot of home runs. More often than not, he's going to throw strikes. Yeah. And he battled today. He didn't just get overwhelmed. Right. Like it, it, things could have got away from him, but he got he you know, got, got out. So that's what you need on Sunday. You need to get a battle. But you know, Cade Smith is still out there. I yeah. don't know what you do with him. Right now, the two starters that I feel most confident in, if Nate Dome is one of those, mm-hmm. is him and Gerangelo Sanja. Yeah. Uh, that, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, and there's not many pitchers in the bullpen that I feel great about. You've got to get Aaron Nixon back. I, I yes. don't know what the I don't know what I the, hope to ask Chris Monis about that on on Monday. You'll, Sports you'll get to him before um, I can or anybody else, and maybe you know maybe Steve asked him. I don't know, um, but so funny. Nothing, nothing's funny. Um, Steve is down there. I'm, I'm hoping he, he asked that. Uh, so I don't know if we'll. I don't know. You, if you get it before Steve, yeah, then so be it. Let's hope that's the case. Um, 
but we got to we we got to make sure we find out what's going on with him. I don't think it's serious. I haven't heard of it being serious. I heard about a, another week, mm-hmm. but you got to get him because that's a guy that he kind of steps into what Nate Dome could be doing as a closer or whatever. He can be your closer, mm-hmm. and then you can put Nate on the weekends, mm-hmm. and that that makes things a lot more smooth. If Nate Dome is giving you on the weekend five to six innings on a Friday or Saturday, giving up a you know a couple of runs, mm-hmm. you're in good shape. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a, a bunch of bullpen pieces. If Gerangelo is giving you five to six innings, two two runs or so, you're in good shape. Mm-hmm. That's two games out of the weekend and just figure it out on game three. Mm-hmm. That changes a lot of things. Yes. If you have good starting pitching, that changes the outlook of your team. Mississippi State did not have it last year. They didn't have good starting pitching. And on top of that, they didn't have good bullpen pitching. Right now, State has one one or two guys that they feel really comfortable about, and some of the other guys are hurt. I mean, there's just there's a lot of issues with the pitching staff. I don't know if it's a Scott Foxhall thing. I don't know if it's just a freak thing with these players. I don't know if it's pitch clock. I don't know what it is, but it's a problem. And they've got to figure it out because – this this little group that they played this weekend, nice names, mm-hmm. nice schools. Yeah, they're not great teams. No, Cal, Cal was the best one. Cal was the best one, and I'm not sure how great they were. I don't. Yeah. I wasn't that impressed on Sunday. They've been playing well. But yeah, Oklahoma not good. They've taken a big step back this year from last year. Ohio State stinks. Yeah, uh, and you lost to both of those teams, and in in some embarrassing uh, games as well. Agreed. State the. The problem for State is the way that they're losing is embarrassing. It's terrible baseball. And I know people get upset like hearing those you know, demonstrative words or whatever, but it is. It's bad baseball. Friday night was bad baseball. Nobody wants to watch that. Right. It's not fun. It's not fun to watch. Saturday wasn't fun to watch. Walk in the park, uh, you know, you're just getting hit all around the yard. That's not fun to watch. Every single loss so far has been ugly. You know, they've been shut down at the plate or they're booting the ball around, they're they're walking guys, they're giving up big hits. The the way that state loses is bad. And the way that they've won a lot of games has been bad too. I mean, the product is just not great. So, I think the big thing is fixing your pitching situation if there's anything that you can fix. If you can get this thing figured out and you can get a, a pitching staff that's competent and that can get you through innings and and give you a chance late in ball games, that changes everything. That changes your approach at the plate. That changes the way a defense plays behind you because they, they are playing with confidence because they know the pitcher is playing with confidence. It changes the whole outlook of the team. But they've got to get it figured out before two weeks from now against Kentucky when they start playing the SEC teams. State has I'm, – I'm looking, looking beyond Kentucky. State has 10 games before Vanderbilt comes to Starkville on March 24th. They need to be 9-1. and one. The rest of the way. Yeah. They can drop a one to Kentucky. That's fine. But these non-conference games, Valpo. they, they got to win these They got to win these games. Yeah. Then they go to the coast for Nichols. I mean, Louisiana is not what it was Mm-mm. 10 years ago. They didn't win these games. And then you have Kentucky, and then you have a home game with Arkansas State. You need to be 9-1. and one. If you're nine and one, then you're going to be sixteen and six, back on track, playing Vanderbilt, and you'll be two and one in the conference. You're okay. Yeah, 
But if they start dropping, if they drop a game to Valpo, if they drop one of these Lipscomb, Lipscomb games, they're in real trouble. You can't do this, win one, lose one, win you one. You can't do that anymore. And, you know, I sort of feel like, remember when I went back during football season, we were always like, you know, when they lost Alabama and Georgia, we were like, look, you're not mad that they lost Alabama and Georgia. You're mad they lost to Kentucky. Yeah. I think these games this weekend, you're, you're mad that they lost to VMI and ULM. Yes. If they had not lost to VMI and ULM, nobody, nobody would be saying anything. Be like, ah, oh, we had a bad weekend. And they should have, you know, the ULM was just a disaster, but I mean, VMI, there's no excuse. They were one. They were up by nine. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So that's, a, but that goes back to what I'm saying. Like these games are just disastrous they, that they're losing. Do you put Lofton back out there Tuesday? I think so. Um, you know, it just kind of got away from him against USM. Yeah, Valpo, I mean, this I isn't a team. Valpo is not a team that, you know, if he's throwing strikes, he should be okay. Now, USM had some guys that, They'd make you pay for the walks. Mm-hmm. If he comes out and just pounds a strike zone, not nibbling around or anything like that, I think he'll be okay. Yeah, I think this track man data and stuff. I think it's, I think it's really screwing with pitchers. Yeah, and state state's worse than most teams. Like I think they're in the top half, maybe top five, top ten in the country in walks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're worse than most teams, but everybody's kind of struggling with walks right now. The other thing to consider, and you mentioned it briefly, is is defense. Four games this week. State had ten errors. That's terrible. And you know, Lamonis keeps saying we're a good defensive team. We're good. No, defensive they're team. not. They're just not. So it's like the question becomes: I understand what they're doing in practice. You're seeing this in practice. Well, how does that? How can we get that to translate into the games? Yeah. Because it's just every game. They had four errors on Friday night mm-hmm. in a game that they lost by five runs. They gave up four errors. And they were like, you know, they were. They were bad errors. They had three errors and uh, three errors against Southern and then two against Cal. Those are games they won. And Slate, Slate Alford had two in a row. Mm-hmm. That they've got to they've got to get some competition there at third because they're they're struggling there defensively and agreed and offensively in a lot of ways too. I mean they, they got to get some competition there. Dakota Jordan, they set him in the last two games. Yeah. He's just not seeing it well. The breaking ball is really kind of tying really him up right with now. Him. Really messing with he him. He could so. not see that breaking ball from the lefty uh, from Ohio State. No. I mean, and, and he knew every pitch was going to be a breaking ball Yeah, after that first at-bat. Yeah. And he just got up there and was just swinging right through it. I mean, it's just – and it, it's a very difficult – like, I'm not, I don't want to – I don't want to make it seem like I think it's easy to go out there. I would – it would take three pitches for me and right. I'd be out. But um, it's very difficult for a freshman to come in the league like this and go up against a power five arm like the lefty from Ohio State that's been really good and, and see it well. It's it's tough. This is a tough transition. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that was playing at Jackson Academy last year mm-hmm. and was just launching bombs out of the stadium. And he's I mean he's hit he's hit he's struck got, it pretty good he's at times this talent. year. There's no question about that. But it's just you know some of those guys are going to have to adjust. I don't have any issues with the offense right now. Friday night was bad. They're fine, yeah. The offense is good enough. Mississippi State should only have, you know, maybe three losses, maybe two or three yeah. losses. Yeah. Maybe two. One thing we we'll say before we go out of here, you know, obviously when t- there's losing like this, people get – they want to talk about coaching changes. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously I think if State has another losing season, I'm certainly not going to lock into the idea that Lamonis is safe by any stretch of the imagination. It's going to be tough. It'll be very tough. This is what I want to say to people, though. Because people were talking about this on the message board, and it just drove me insane. And I want to. People are like, number one on the hot board should be Lane Burroughs. Really? Hold on, hold on, no, don't say anything. Let me, let me have a minute here. Really? 
This is Mississippi State baseball. Mm-hmm. You just the coach you want to replace is a guy who never went to a super regional. Lane Burroughs has been the head coach of Louisiana Tech since 2017. He's been to two regionals, one that he hosted and he couldn't get out of. He's never been to a super regional. Imagine, if you will, that Nick Saban retired and Alabama's like, let's hire Louisiana Tech's coach, who you know last year he took him to the to the vacuum cleaner ball or whatever it is. What what are we talking about here? This is Mississippi State baseball. LSU hired Jay Johnson. Yeah. Texas A&M hired Jim Schlossnagel. Florida State hired Link Jarrett. Are you really con- trying to convince me that Lane Burroughs is number one on the hot list for Mississippi State? Get out of here. The ironic thing about that is you're wanting to fire the coach in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. You're already, you know, we're 10 games in, you're wanting to fire the coach mm-hmm. because of your expectations for Mississippi State baseball. And then, but you're wanting to go hire a group of five coach. Group of five coach who has never been to Omaha. It's just, I, I just think state people get enamored with people, people that have been here. I agree with that 100%. I'm just telling you right now, Brian Haydad's running that search. You have been – I'm going to deliver on what Cohen said he was going to deliver. To a guy that you has won. You are going won. to have been in Omaha as yeah. the head coach of the program you were coaching. A Tim Tadlock. Mm-hmm. Um I'm throwing stupid money at those people. You know, I'm even going to Tony Vitello. I'm, I'm like, going to Vitello, who hasn't, been to, who hasn't been to Omaha. No. But oh, wait, yes, he has. Yes, he has. Yeah, he, he went in he was 2019. There. They went 0-2. They went 0-2. No, no, he was there 2021. Uh, 2021. Yeah. yeah, that's right. He was 0-2. But he's been. Yeah, and I'm, I'm saying, what would it take? And yeah. if he doesn't want to come, that's I mean, not, the worst I'm thing you can say. I'm going to ask the question. If he's, like, if he's like, you know, $3.5 million. Okay, I can't do that. Yeah. But, you know, like the number of people who were just like, Oh, Lane Burroughs number one on the list. Really? Butch Thompson. Butch Thompson is a far that's a better, better That's a choice. better choice. Been to Omaha but, twice. But I'm, I'm shooting for higher. Hey, I'm going to go after that the, too. The, I mean, I don't. Like, my hope is oh, that. What's the? Let me pull up the D1 baseball uh, top 25. My hope is that Chris Simonis figures it out. That would be the best case because scenario. Because I believe he's a really good coach and he's got. I don't think anything's really changed from what I've always thought about him as mm-hmm. a... Who's the head coach at Wake Forest? Um, Number five in the country right now. If they go to Omaha, put him on the list. I, I can't. Doesn't matter. I don't know. Cliff Godwin hasn't been to Omaha yet, but he'd I, be on the list. I've got a... I've You know, I, something's something's up with him. Who's North Carolina's head coach? He's an older guy, right? Um, Fox? No, is it Mike Fox? Fox? Mike Fox. Yeah. He's been there a long time. I don't know if yeah, he, he's he's not he, going anywhere. Uh, but that, I mean, these are the people I'm looking at, though. Yeah, people who have been to Omaha. So, yeah, you know, Brian I mean, Connor, Brian Connor, it would yeah. be a great be coach. Look at. Whoever the head coach at NC State is. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, crap, I don't remember. He's an older guy. I mean, I don't. I don't really care at this point about older, younger. I care about winning. Avant is it Avant? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, yeah, Gene well, Avant, is that right? No. What's his name? Elliot Avant. Yeah. I actually talked to him. He's been there him. 26 seasons. You might not get him, but I'm going to talk to him. Yeah, I actually talked to him after the national championship, did a mm-hmm. story on him. He was like, he loved Mississippi State. Um, Make it work. But, I, you know, like I said, I mean, I, I want Chris Simonis to be the coach here. Mm-hmm. And I don't think all of this is his I just, fault. I mean, it I just is. I had to rant about that though. I just seeing that over and over. Again, I, was I like, mean, it is his fault because it's under his leadership. Right. But there's something going on here. Well, he's got to figure that out. But 
you don't just go and and people you know the people that are like well he was using other people's players he he's not lacking talent right now yeah this team is super talented there's tons of guys on this roster that's going to be playing on the next level yeah and there's going to be a couple if not you know two or three mlb guys on this roster agree it's not a talent issue and you know the the whole pitching staff thing is really strange to me because Scott Foxhall is well respected. He's had a a great career and he's been good here. I always feel but like something's going on there. Well respected is something you can almost say about any coach, though. No, well, you never get other coaches saying, "Oh yeah, that no, guy's an idiot." No, no. Well, no, I don't think that it's like you know he's everybody's friend and stuff. I just think that they like he's coaches inside the mm-hmm. industry think highly of him as a pitching right. coach. Right, but it, what he's doing right now. It definitely is. That's some something's issues. up. There's there's a disconnect somewhere. Something's up. I don't know if they're putting too much emphasis on analytics in that pitching lab. I mean, that could be part of the deal. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if it's a I don't know pressure thing. I don't know if it's what they're. The, the weird thing about it is this team strikes out so many people. Mm-hmm. How are they walking so many as well? I don't get it. I don't either. How how do you walk that high percentage, but also you strike out that many batters per game? Yeah. I don't know. They're probably at like you know what? Can you look up their you know their K per nine? Sure. It's probably eleven. So let's see here. PDF make it easy. And this is a team that broke the NCAA record in strikeouts two years, two ago. years ago. Last year they struck this out a is, bunch. So too. this is up to date. State on the season in how many innings? One hundred eight innings has struck out one hundred and forty two. Okay. So what's the, what is that? Uh, 142 out of 108. About 108 is 1.3. 1.3 times nine is 11.7. Almost 12. Almost 12 a game. game. Yeah, but that's a lot. And then you're walking like seven or eight. 79 divided by 108. 79 and, and nine. And how you're, many? You're basically walking six and a half a game. 79 walks, you said? 79 walks. In 108 innings. Mm-hmm. That is, that, that What's funny happen. is the other side of that, State has walked 85 times. I know. They're walking at a very high percentage. I don't know what's going on. I, I think State's doing it at a higher level than everybody else, mm-hmm. walking guys, but I, I do think it's a problem yeah. nationally. I agree. We could, we could be at the, you know, at the precipice of, you know how John Cohen, when he first got here, the game was changing, mm-hmm. and he had the, you know, he built it around pitching and defense. Mm-hmm. You know, something's changing here, and Mississippi State's using tactics or um, well, that's coaching types issue, of pitchers, I, I agree, that are not lining up with the current landscape. That's the only thing that I could think, because this just that's doesn't a, make any sense. Makes for an interesting Next next couple of weeks as they try to get interesting, into interesting, depressing. <laughs> Call it what you will. Whatever. All right, guys. Back with you tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow we need to talk some spring football because spring practice starts on Tuesday. So let's let's do some position breakdowns. Let's talk quarterbacks. Will Rogers, Mike Wright, Chris Parson. Who does what? Uh, coming up. So we'll do that. We'll continue to talk basketball and baseball and get ready for another big week here at MSU. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.
Talk Mississippi Media Production.